More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Did y'all know? Hip hop junkies. Did you know that was the first hip hop song to go number one on the Billboard Top 100 charts? And I want to say that was 1990. We're going to get into MC Hammer in a little bit, but if you're just tuning in, I'm sorry. Man, so we were talking about Vice President Kamala Harris. She hosts the first hip hop event at the Vice President's residence in recognition of the 50th anniversary of hip hop music. There were live performances from Lil Wayne, Remy Ma, Fat Joe, Common, and more. I'm looking at some actual like video footage of Vice President Kamala Harris at the event, and I'm seeing her dancing. She looks good. I mean, she's she's moving. Like I would look at her and say she had granny moves. I, I thought so too. Yeah. And exactly. I thought so too. And and the thing that Andrew said that really the the last caller, Denise, he made such a good point. It looked like it brought the community together. Thank you. It looked you. like everyone was having a good time. And they did. And the and I'm I, sorry. I no, I, I completely agree with you and thank you for underscoring Andrew's comment because at the end of the day, if she would have not recognized hip hop music based on her role. And her ability to do that, yep. then who would have? Why? Why shouldn't we be celebrating yep. Yep. Uh, hip hop music? I was going to say at the White House. I mean, it was her residence, which is kind of like next door, kind of like catty corner. But at the executive level of our country, why would we not? Hip hop music has yeah. has basically been instrumental in not just Black culture but American culture. And in addition to being an entertaining component, so like when Andrew said, you can't go to any wedding and not hear hip hop. Let's just think of it from a political standpoint. In in Los Angeles, when police brutality was at an all-time high, there were people being murdered in convenience stores for being black. You had artists like NWA. You had artists like Public Enemy. That all they were regarded as gangster rap or controversial. They they were the first to bring a lot of attention to audiences who traditionally didn't care. How do you think millions and millions of records were sold in the late 80s, early 90s when hip hop music really became mainstream? Who do you think were consuming those records? I'm talking about going to the record store and paying $15, $15 per record. It wasn't me. The the yeah it, it was the kids their parents didn't want them listening to hip hop. We already know, that, aka the invasion of the suburbs. <laughs> okay, I mean hip hop music. That's when it became controversial. <laughs> hip hop music was never ever ever supposed to transform into this substantial, productive, socially relevant genre of music which then became a national movement then it became a world movement 
Now, you can't, any mainstream artist has some element of imitating hip-hop culture. That's a fact. Now, Telly, the question I wanted to ask you, from your opinion, and I think about this often, out of all the celebrations and recognitions and, you know, honoring hip-hop's 50th anniversary, how come ain't nobody talking about MC Hammer? MC Hammer was the first hip-hop artist to break through and have a number one hit. A lot of people credit DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. They were the first hip-hop uh, rap group to win a Grammy. But in terms of breaking down the barriers of, well, that's not our music, we ain't going to give MC Hammer no credit. Before you could listen to hip-hop music on mainstream radio stations like like predominantly white radio stations or pop radio stations, before MC Hammer, that was unheard of. There was black radio, R&B radio, hip-hop radio, and then everybody else. You never heard rap music on pop radio until MC Hammer. No. And, and MC Hammer was able to come in and not just do records. He had cartoons. He had Man. a lot of stuff. But I, I truly think it is so, it's so crazy because when other so-called gangster rappers or hard rappers, or harder rappers or street rappers came into the game, they made MC Hammer seem whack. Like, oh, he has those big pants, he's dancing called him a sellout. and, you know, he's not hardcore. And they right, called, called him a sellout. Because he had but, white fans. And now that's like, that, look, at, look at how yeah, it is now. But, yeah, and, and here's the deal with that. When you look back on that era, there's a lot of things that were whack. The suspenders and, and crisscross wearing their clothes backwards. And, like, that stuff was whack. But, but see, why were but they able because... to outgrow that? And Hammer has never been able to outlive uh, wearing the big pants. Because if you ask me, hip-hop music owes MC Hammer an apology. I'm going to say it. Hip-hop music owes MC Hammer not only an apology, but they should also give MC Hammer his flowers now. Because he played a major, major role. And he was the one that took the heat being called a sellout by his own people. Same thing we did to Whitney Houston. See, back in the 80s and 90s, so for all the young black kids that are listening right now, that are like, what? What are they talking about? See, back in the 80s and 90s, we as consumers, black consumers of music, we did Whitney wrong. We did MC Hammer wrong. Because I remember at the, and that was the uh, awards where she met Bobby Brown, the 1989 Soul Train Music Awards. She got booed by her own people because she was, her music was being regarded as great music by white people. Same thing with MC Hammer. Now, mm-hmm. fast forward to current day. Shoot, these artists got, they get praise for having people outside of their own community buying their records or streaming or downloading. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing. For Hammer, he ended up going bankrupt, losing everything, having to rebuild his wealth, and Whitney Houston ended up dying. Because fame, that's real, y'all. When you out here just trying to use your gift and your people that look like you, your own people are criticizing you, booing you, calling you a sellout when all you're trying to do is just be successful. That's what we did. Yeah. And then so MC Hammer's alive and I'm like yeah, it, how come he is not getting his recognition? 
Yeah, that is that is very true. That is very true. I I think that uh, when you are put in those positions, you can't determine who becomes a fan of you. And for people to call you a sellout or this, that, and the other, it's I, I mean, and, and you're just trying to use your gift, provide for your family and do something for your community that hasn't been done before because we know the stories about how many dancers he employed and how many people he took from the hood what, and, yeah, and what was negative and about that took him took them along with him. exactly exactly so when people say oh he sold us sold out to what i'm i'm sure i mean at this point he probably doesn't care but at some point he's like probably thinking sold out man to what? i follow mc hammer on to, instagram uh, can I tell you, this man looks exactly the same as he did when he came out in the 80s. He is in shape. He is in, like, he is, like you said, Telly, he is obviously not worried and living his best life. And I hope, I hope he's getting some type of residuals or royalties. I hope he, no, no, Benjamin's shaking his head. No, see, that's unfortunate because at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know. And for him to have sold that many records yeah. and have that type and be broke or be, let's say, middle class. Then you know well, that, that just we don't ref- know that because honest, we we don't know that because Denise, you talked about it earlier. There are so many commercials and different advertising that use can't touch this and and uh, like so. I'm sure if if he has the right people around him that knows how to handle business, he's getting some type of royalties or something. He has to be. I was looking at someone that was that iconic. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're right. That that iconic should definitely. But see, that's the thing. He's not. He's not getting that. Now, what I find interesting is I'm I'm reading this hip hop timeline, and it starts with obviously the inception of hip hop music in 1973 with Cool Herc's, where he's holding his hip hop parties. In 1979, the first recorded rap single was released. In 1980, Curtis Blow's single, The Breaks surpassed a million sales. These are the breaks. Break it up. Okay, I'll stop. Um, in 1984, Cool Herc holds his... sales, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, hip-hop music, it, you just don't even get me started. But what I found interesting is that then they go to 1985 with Dougie Fresh, the show, with him and, him and Slick Rick. Then it goes to Run DMC. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to NWA, and then in 1992, they go straight to the Chronic. How could we skip Hammer? Because Hammer came out in like 88, had Let's Get It Started, Pump It Up. That was all like 88, 89, and then became, um, what was the name of the album which You Can't Touch This was on? Because that was where it got real. That's when hip-hop, like I remember distinctively, y'all, I was at summer camp in Bloomington, Indiana, at Indiana University. And I remember listening to Casey Kasem's Top 40. Yeah, some of y'all, y'all like, okay, yeah, I'm aging myself. Casey Kasem's Top 40. I'll never forget this Casey moment. Kasem. And he said, you know, his voice was so, so signature. Shout out to Casey Kasem, rest in heaven. He was like, and this week, our number one song, topping the billboard. I mean, he's just going on. He was like, MC Hammer, you can't touch Telly. I was like, it was it, it was almost Crazy. like when President Barack Obama was elected president. It was like there is a number one rap song in the world on the top 100 for Billboard. Well, I shouldn't say the world, the country. That was huge. Yeah. 
That was huge. And oh, y'all yeah. can't give him his props? Yeah. White people, I, I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. you remember you remember telling you, white people would be like, um, okay, well, do you have some hammer? <laughs> do you have some MC hammer that you can play? Can you turn the public in? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> that that I remember You're distinctively. Right. If you it, went, it, yeah, if you went to anything that was predominantly white, the first, if they wanted, okay, well, we gotta, you know, we're gonna we're gonna play some music to be inclusive, but can you just play some Hammer? We love Hammer. That was my first concert, by the way, too. It was MC Hammer and Boys to Men, 1992. Really? Yep, that was my first ever concert. That Where my, was it? It was in uh, Robert Stadium in Evansville, Indiana, which is no longer wow. Robert Stadium. Yeah, I, see, my memory, I don't have a good short-term memory, but I can give you a long-term memory like no other. I remember what I wore. I remember my hair. <laughs> oh, actually, I take that back. It was MC Hammer, Boys to Men, and Jodeci. Forgot about Jodeci. That was a concert. Uh, it was my first concert, and Hammer, you know, he came. And they came to Evansville? <laughs> yes. Look, don't sleep on Evansville. <laughs> Look, we got a lot of people. Get, like, uh, MC Light came to Evansville. Uh, back. Uh, this is before when I was born, but my parents told me the Motown Review would come to Evansville. So Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, the Supremes, they came to Evansville. Don't sleep now, Evansville, you know. Ooh, on the truth. Hey, all right, all right. Dave A says, DT, I was at that concert too. Shout out to Dave. Dave, are you from Evansville or do you, did you spend time there? Who is this? Um, Craig says, hell, Byron Allen too, even though he was really representing us on TV. Mr. Lee says, Floyd family and friends and got you to get up off the wall and dance. They wanted to see MC Hammer go against Michael Jackson and dancing, so on and so on. I appreciate that, brother. Sir Chant says, um, he's currently worth $2 million. This is... This is as opposed to seventy million when he was at the top of his game. So he had he was worth seventy million dollars back then. I thought it was thirty mil that he lost. Okay, and Dave, shout out to Dave. He says no. I just do a lot of traveling. Yeah, um, MC Hammer, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm bowing down to you, brother. <laughs> I know you're not getting the recognition that you deserve, and, and to Telly's point, you may not even care. But from my mouth to your ears, thank you for your contributions. Because you definitely helped make hip-hop music mainstream, period. And I don't know why we continue yeah. to, to ignore and MC Hammer. a lot Hammer. of times, yeah, and a lot of times, these it takes a, like a new artist to bring back something from an, uh, an older artist, and then people will realize how genius it was or what it meant at that particular time. Because, it, it, like, I'm not going to sit here and say – that at one point everyone didn't like MC Hammer, but for him to not be recognized at all, like it's it's not disrespectful. Like he, had a, he was a one-hit wonder. He was yeah. It was he, he he had a major role in what and why people can do things that they're doing now. You know what I find interesting because we know that um, Luke Skywalker, Uncle Luke. Luther Campbell, as Telly called out his government name last week from Two Live Crew, he was very vocal about. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely was vocal and expressed his disappointment with the lack of yeah. recognizing Miami hip hop or the you know the rappers from the South. And I've never heard one thing from MC Hammer. And again, I follow him on Instagram. I haven't heard one peep from MC Hammer about how he has been. I mean. I've never seen one time during the entire year of celebrating hip hop's 50th uh, an MC Hammer shout out. 
they even skipped him on the list yeah. of the hip hop timeline. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Why do you, I mean, I just, again, I, I don't understand that. that but again, shout out to Kamala, Vice President Kamala Harris for hosting the first ever hip hop music event, recognizing and celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop at the vice president's residence. It looked like it was an incredible time. Someone earlier, Telly had asked, was Sherwin invited? <laughs> I don't know if he was invited. Do you? <laughs> no, I, we don't know that. But, uh, man, that is something, man, for Mandela to get an invite. I'm, oh, yeah. Look, if you, if, you, if you follow Mandela Barnes or if uh, you are familiar with him, you can see the pictures. I mean, he took some really good pictures. He got some he got some good photo ops. So nice. when we come good back. Yeah. When we come back, we are going to in the building. Yes. Yeah, speaking of other wins, the US Open this past weekend. Yes. Yeah. We showed yes. up and we showed out. So we come back, we're gonna get into that. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on the award winning 101.7 FM, the truth. Truth Be Told with DT and Telly returns after this on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. And they don't have no award for that. Trophies. Trophies. And they don't have no award for that. Shit don't come with trophies. Ain't no envelopes to open. I just do it because I'm supposed to. I go to dreams with a suitcase. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. And as we had mentioned earlier, if you're just tuning in, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly. It is 9-11. And we all know in this country, this marks the 22nd anniversary of what still remains as the most horrific and tragic terrorist attack on U.S. soil in the history of this nation. And it's, for some of us, more difficult than others because we still remember, like it was yesterday, where we were when it happened. We may even been impacted by a loved one. Telly, where were you on 9-11 when it happened in 2001? So 9-11, I was traveling back. I was working in Macon, Georgia, and I was driving back from East St. Louis to Macon uh, because we were, my sister was expecting my niece, and she was actually born the morning, this morning, 22 years ago. And uh, shout out to my niece, uh, Micah. Um, happy birthday. I'm going to give her a call after the show. But uh, I was driving through Nashville, and I was listening to the Tom Joyner morning show. And that's when I heard the report that a plane had hit uh, the North Tower. I don't, I'm not sure which tower was hit first, but uh, it said a plane hit a tower, and you just didn't know what was going on. And mm-hmm. then you hear reports that there's something going on at the Pentagon. Then you heard something in, in Pennsylvania, and you're just like, okay, do I stop driving? They're closing down all the airports. Like, what do I do? And I remember going to my little one-bedroom apartment and just watching the news the entire time 
entire evening and night and could not believe my eyes. So I was late in terms of seeing the actual video, but once I saw it, I'm sure I had the same reaction as everyone else. Like, what in the world is going on? Man. What about you? Yeah. I'm sure you remember exactly where you were and what you were doing. I do. I was living in Evansville, Indiana at the time, and I was on my way to class at the University of Southern Indiana, and I wanted to stop and get some money from my mom. And she was a school nurse at... Uh, you know, Hebron Elementary in Evansville, Indiana. Shout out to Nurse Thomas. And when I walked inside the school, I noticed there was a large, because when you walk into the school, immediately to your left was the office. And I just saw like probably about five or six people just surrounding the television. And so I said, because I was in a hurry. So I was like, hey, what's what's going on? And someone said a plane just crashed into one of the World Trade Center towers. And I remember I was like, oh, man, that's terrible. And I just, you know, went into my mom's office. She and I connect. Woo, woo, woo. I leave and I'm driving to campus. And the radio station is interrupted. And it was just like breaking news. Another, you know, the second tower of the World Trade Center, a plane has, a, has attacked or had crashed into the tower. And that's when I said, oh, my gosh, this is this is like a terrorist attack. Once the second tower got hit, I was like, this is not good. Like this country is being attacked. And so then when I get to campus, interesting enough, school proceeded. And then I would say by my second class, because I, I was a I was a late bloomer. So I always enrolled in classes that started after 10 a.m. And by the next class, they canceled <laughs> They canceled class indefinitely. And, you know, I remember having friends that, you know, we I couldn't reach. Like, there were no cell phone. Like, I remember calling one of my very, very dear friends who had just moved to New York. And the phone, it was just like silence. It wouldn't even ring. And it was just like all of a sudden... The mom, you know, his mom called and said, you know, I heard from him. He's good. So. But then when it was the images, Telly, it was the images of seeing, you know, people flying, people jumping out of the windows. Just it was whether whether or not do I burn alive or do I just go ahead and just take this fall? It was just terrible. And for me, even though it's 22 years later, it's still it's it hurts. And we will never forget because. I do remember the first time I went back to New York and it was, let me see. So this was September 11th. I went to New York Thanksgiving. So about two months later and just the, the you could still, the, the smoke, there was still smoke telly. Do you hear what I'm saying? There was still smoke coming from ground zero. Yeah. And this one lady, oh. she walked up to me and she, shared with me that her son had, let me just make sure I remember this correctly. Cause I want to tell the story, right? Her son was there for a job interview and he was so excited that he got there early. I believe that, you know, he wasn't supposed to be there when he was there and he got there early to where he was part of the, the casualties. And I had another friend whose friend was a worker in the mailroom telly. 
and mm-hmm. was working on the mailroom in one of the lower floors because I think it was how many how many floors was the World Trade Center? It was like a hundred. It was like a hundred and something, hundred and ten. It was yeah. And yeah. the yeah. It, her I don't her know the exact yeah her friend there was a, a letter in her office mail. Remember those Manila folders that in her office mail would use that wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't delivered to the right floor. So he takes on the liberty to take the manila folder up to the right floor and right when he was, you know, well, they don't know exactly when, but the plane came in. He wasn't supposed to be on that floor. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like you got to put things in perspective, even 22 years later, that life is precious. It's not guaranteed. It's short. That's why it's so important to make sure every day you do something that you enjoy. You tell somebody that you love them. This thing is real. Y'all, we don't know. Like, you know when you're you're you know when you're born. Like I know I was born in May of the bicentennial year. I know that. But I don't know when I'm gonna die. And I don't know like I know that whenever I die, that's it. Ain't no coming back. And and when I die Yeah, when I die, there are gonna be people that are impacted. My kids, for sure. So what am I doing now to make sure that those who are depending on me and impacted by me have what they need, are prepared for greatness, and just know that I love them and that I'm doing the things that I enjoy? What are your thoughts, Telly? Yeah. I I, I concur. I, I believe that a lot of times when things happen, we become victims of the moment. And we only think about it in that sense. But I also think that uh, it's, it's so important to not forget, to always understand that there are people that are still dealing with this. It's still hard for them. Uh, I know several people that were supposed to be on that plane from Boston um, to wherever it was going and they either, you know, got canceled or there's a couple of people that I've come across that um, just missed their flight. So there there's so many things that uh, can be just long term effects of that and, and how you go about life and how you choose to live life. But at the end of the day, you you put it best. Uh, I mean, there's there's nothing more precious than the time that you have here. And I think if people looked at it that way more often, they would make different choices on how they use their time. Absolutely. Oh, also shout out to Dave on the truth talking text line. He says that it is raining cats and dogs out here. So please let people know to be careful. Thank you for that, Dave. So if you are getting ready to leave the house just factor in a few more minutes, like leave maybe five or 10 minutes early because we know that when it rains, the roads are kind of slick as well as people are dealing with navigating through the slick roads and there's going to be traffic. So just shout out to Dave for letting us know that it is raining and to drive as careful as possible and give yourself some extra time. Yeah, back to 9-11. And again, I I don't want to, because we already started off talking about the Bears loss. I'm sure a lot of you are celebrating that. So I don't like to be negative Nancy, especially on a Monday rainy morning. But I do think it's very important that as we are entering another presidential election, that we don't forget the vulnerability of national security. 
because when the twin the, the towers were attacked the world trade center in new york a lot of people were asking as americans how did we let this happen how could america get attacked like that and this goes back to number 1 the assumption that we're invincible untouchable but also just as american citizens do do we know as american citizens what our national security looks and feels like do do you know do you know whether or not as an american citizen do you feel comfortable do you feel like hey i live in a country where the security is great and i'm asking like telly when you wake up in the morning do you feel like hey nothing can happen to america we've got the best security the best armed forces, the best military, the best FBI. We got all that. Denise, you know I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't think about that. I just think about trying to get through the day as a black man. And I hear in you. This country. I hear you with that. But that, <laughs> but, and, I'm, and I'm not going to say but because I want to negate what you just said. I hear you on that. However... Yeah. I think it's important that as black people uh, that I are think dealing. It, I think the nationals. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but to get to your answer, I mean, to get to your question, Denise, I'm sorry. Uh, national security to me um, was was compromised once Donald Trump entered the Oval Office. And it was further validated, uh, that assumption of mine, um, with the uh, documents that made it out of the White House into Mar-a-Lago and bathrooms, and these are top secret uh, um, type of information. Because if somebody is that excited, I knew something was up. When you are that excited to get the codes and and all the things that only the president knows, uh. At, he was just he was way too excited to get that information. So I knew he wasn't going to handle it with care. He was going to handle it the way that he wanted to. So do I think we are vulnerable? Yes, I think we're more more vulnerable than uh, we realize at this point. I and really do. And, and Kim Jong-un is having meetings with Putin. And I mean, come on, man. It's a, you got to pay attention to that stuff. I And it's the thing. Are you ready for this? So in this country, it, it, as it relates to our national security, there are, you know, as you know, levels of security clearance. So you have confidential, secret, and top secret. These are the three types of or levels of clearance that the federal government provides American citizens. Are you ready for this? 1.25 million people in this country have top secret access whether they're government employees, contractors, or other, 1.25 million people in this country have top secret access. I would be curious to know That's... how and, and what they do and what they look like. How did they get it? What do they do well, and what you, do they look like? You know some of them. You know some of them. I mean, when Trump got in the office, his whole family... Yeah. From Jared Kushner to Ivanka to uh, 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 Trump, uh, Eric Trump, uh, uh, all of them. They were just like, just all of a sudden just got top clearance, 
top security clearance. Uh, I mean, uh, actually, you say that name? you say that uh, better. Let me Kelly let me clarify. Ann Conway. You said it better. Let me let me take that back. Let me ask the question. I would be curious to know, outside of like federal government employees, like if if you're an FBI agent, of course, I, I definitely agree with, with you having top secret clearance. But to your point, Telly, those people, like Trump's family, why y'all got to have top secret clearance? Why? I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking. Because I, I just. Yeah. And, and they talked about it, Denise, when, when he was in office, about how many people he was trying to get clearance as opposed to Obama. Like, Obama did, like, you didn't see Craig Robinson uh, getting top clearance because he's, you know, uh, President Obama's brother-in-law and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like, it, it, I'm telling you. So man, this is what I'm it, saying. Like, just, that's why you, even you as pay attention. That's why it's even more important as a black man in this country who's just trying to live day to day. Like, what's the security of this country? Because you know, I, I, of course, we don't ever want as American citizens, another 9-11 to occur. Some of us are still traumatized from that. We're It's still still too soon. A lot of us, as Milwaukeeans, don't even want to hear Jeffrey Dahmer yet. A lot of things are still too soon. And it has a lot to do with the fear of not knowing, the fear of wondering, is there going to be another serial killer? Is there going to be another you know, terrorist attack. And I know some people are like, look, I don't get caught up in that. I I have a positive attitude. I wake up in the morning, not walking in fear. I'm with you on that. However, I do think that as we are again, remembering the attack on this country 22 years ago, also known as nine 11. Are we in a state of, National security that is viable, that is good, that is going to keep us safe from other countries. Because the more and more that we keep doing what we do, the more and more other countries are like, yeah, America's not what it used to be. And exactly the vulnerability. Because every time I travel, it used to be, oh, you're an American? Wow. What's that like? Man, I heard I heard it's so beautiful in America. I heard there's so many opportunities. Man, if I could just, I would love to be an American. Now, fast forward in 2023. Oh, you silly American. You funny American. You're hilarious. What are you guys doing over there? Wow, I feel sorry for y'all. I mean, I'm serious. I am not making this up. And a lot of people say America is the greatest country Still, I love my country. This is the best country. You can't you can't do anything in this country that you could or excuse me, you can't do the things you do in this country and other countries. I hear you. All I'm saying is that as we are recognizing what happened in this country 22 years ago and we see what happens on our own soil by us. And then we hear stories about drones and all I'm asking is do we as American citizens really truly appreciate value and even know what national security looks like are we holding our leaders accountable because as far as i'm concerned former president trump and putin seem to be buddies how sway <laughs> how y'all how y'all bffs 
That's more than an assumption. Yeah. I'm just saying. How how are as we as they Americans say trace the money? Okay? Cuz I'm trace like the money. We we are all here <laughs> talking about, you know, save Ukraine, Ukraine strong. But you going to vote for somebody who's buddies that leads the country that's attacking Ukraine. I'm just trying to understand. When we come back from break. Oh, and by the way, we're, we're giving them billions of dollars, too, by the way. Oh. We're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine. And, it, yeah, have you heard Donald Trump say one thing about that war? Well, when we come back, Truth Nation, <laughs> we want to hear from you. National security, what are you thinking? Hit us up on the Truth Talking text line at 833-212-1017. You're listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly live on 101.7 The Truth FM. Truth Be Told with DT and Telly returns after this on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Y'all already know what time it is. One call. That's all is right. Now is your trans truth nation to be entered to win our one call. That's all 5K giveaway. Yep. You heard that right, y'all. It's a chance to win $5,000. All you got to do right now is call 833-212-1017. Be caller number five. Your caller five right now, you will be entered to win $5,000. And remember, if you or a loved one has been injured in an accident, call Gruber Law Offices now. One call, that's all. Be caller number five for your chance to be entered in to win this money from the one call, that's all, 5K giveaway. For official contest rules, visit 1017thetruth.com. Again, call now, be caller number five, and be entered to win. 833 833- Two one two one zero one seven. We have Al. Good morning, Al. You're live with the truth be told. DT Atelli, what's your question or comment? Well, my comment is whether it's Biden or Trump, they're always going to help those people who got the skin color and the hair. From the Ukrainians, you know they're going to help them because they got the skin color and hair. To Donald Trump, who even against immigrants, and he allowed them to clean his hotel. And keep in mind, he is a product of an immigrant, and he's married to one. So we should always be under. We should always understand that. But when it comes to us as black people, we have the power to change it. But once we stop looking and stop worrying about what people think and worry about what God thinks and start worrying about what you think, then you will have the tools to do what you need to do. Thank you so much, Al. And then we can take it from there. Appreciate you, Al, always. Thank you for your comment. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting as we are recognizing the 22nd anniversary of the attack on this country, also known and regarded as 9-11. It brings back memories of, and I, for me, remember the moment where I saw President George Bush inside a classroom about to read a story out of a book to a classroom of, I think it was first graders or kindergartners. And you could see one of his secret servicemen whispering in his ear, 
giving him the first update or first information, I should say notification, that the attack on the World Trade Center had taken place. And then you had the attack on the Pentagon and, of course, the famous tragic United Airlines flight that was intended to hit the White House, which the courageous passengers took over and made the plane crash somewhere, I believe, in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot, Telly. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. The Bears have lost. It, it, it is 9-11. It's raining outside. But let, <laughs> let me tell you, though, it, but there is greatness, and there was greatness in New York over the weekend. You want to talk about some black girl magic? Coco Golf became just the fourth American teenager to win the U.S. Open at 19 years old. So shout out to bam, Coco bam, Golf. Bam, bam. And the thing that that makes this so cool, Denise, is we just saw a legend retire in Serena Williams who changed the game. And now we are seeing someone who is budding in her career and people are thinking, and I hate they do this because it puts so much pressure on this young lady to try to live up to what Serena was able to do. But a lot of people think that she is the next great one. So shout out to Coco Golf. Uh, I mean, uh, and the way that she handled winning it, Denise, is probably more impressive than winning it itself. Oh, wow. Like how humble she is, how she's just how gracious she is and and how respected she is in the tennis world. And so for this young lady, this young black queen that was able to become just the fourth American teenager to win the U.S. Open, huge Huge, huge deal. I am so excited for her. And you know, there's a video that's circulating. It's going uh, across the internet where you can see Coco Goff at the U.S. Open when she was probably about five years old. And she was in the stands and excited and cheering. And, and that moment now has come full, so full circle for her. And I'm here for all of it. And, you know, the one of the reasons why I have been such a huge admirer of sports is... When you see champions like Coco and Serena and Dion, primetime, dominating the game, not not just winning, but dominating the game, not just competing, but again, dominating. It's just it's very inspirational to me because oftentimes in sports, it's all about, you know, who's the better team, who can play the best. And that's and that's necessary because you definitely want to win. But when you do it in a way like Coco did and, and Serena did, it's just like this force. And I'm, I'm here for all of it. And I'm so proud of all the black excellence that has been taking place, whether it's hip hop anniversary, whether it's the vice president hosting the first time ever hip hop event, whether it's coach Deion Sanders winning the first home or first road game against a former national champion contender. I mean, all these things just exemplify our black excellence, and I'm here for all of it. And even shout to Jordan Love 
Because, you know, he's being compared to Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And here he is, a black quarterback. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Black quarterback, because we ain't supposed to be quarterbacks. When we come back, let's wrap this up. We're going to get your Monday started. Also, Sherwin Hughes coming up at the top of the hour. You are listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on the award-winning 101.7 FM, The Truth. Truth Be Told with DT and Telly returns after this on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Do y'all know what it is, Truth Nation? It's Truth Be Told with DT and Telly, with your boy Ben Jammin. This is Truth of the Matter. You heard Benjamin. My truth of the matter simply is this. I am taking a break from the NFL. That's it. That's my truth of the matter. (laughs) Taking a break. And I'll make mine quick as well. (laughs) Truth (laughs) of the matter. Congratulations again to Coco Golf. It really shows uh, um, what perseverance and and really a passion for what you want to do. You can become a champion as long as you believe you can become a champion. And at 19 years old, she is the U.S. Open champion. That's my truth of the matter. Benjamin. What you got? Uh, my truth of the matter is um, hearts go out to everyone affected by 9-11. All of America, God bless America. God bless the world, really. But uh, shout out to everyone who was affected by 9-11. Y'all heard it here. We love y'all so much. Please make it a great Monday. You deserve it. And please don't depend on anybody else to make it dope for you. We will be back tomorrow. You are listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly. Up next, Sherwin Hughes.